Hello, world. You're listening to the Cash All Podcast. Technology integrates with every aspect of our lives. Computing, entertainment, gaming, education, and much more. Here to discuss all of it is your host, Brandon Peterson. This week's episode is all about the incorporation of game design into instructional strategies for teachers. As I've mentioned before, I teach high school and I'm also an adjunct college professor. And so I'm always trying to find new ways to switch up what we're doing in the classroom to make things a little more engaging, a little more fun. And the first time I heard the phrase gamification, I didn't really research into it that much. I just assumed they meant the all play Jeopardy the day before a test. And You know, games are fun in the classroom, but after a while, it's kind of the same old thing, and they're not, a lot of them are not that creative, and I come away less than impressed most of the time I try them. But then when I started researching more about gamification, it's more than just playing games in the class. It's like finding ways to incorporate games into the class. So it's kind of a weird Thing for me to think about it it's it's almost hard to explain but um, it is more than just playing games in the class so for example when I think of when people want to play games you know what keeps them coming back to the game over and over again you know replayability is important but one of the things is the grind so like farming leveling up finding loot gaining XP to level up your characters. Maybe it's getting the uh, 100% completion or other achievements for a game. Those kind of elements are really what make people try to keep playing a game many times. Some games that people play that are popular now, Stardew Valley is an ultimate game about grinding. You're always trying to Uh, build your farm and sell your crops for money for other things to make improvement leveling up and you know just trying to make your homestead better is I mean Stardew Valley is all about grinding for that Uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 the game itself isn't that much of a grind but if you want to unlock all of the characters and all of the costumes You have to keep playing. You have to earn more of the gems. And you have to earn more, you know, coins and everything like that so that you can eventually unlock everything. It is very grindy. Shoot, Marvel's Avengers is very grindy for a game. The Diablo games. Diablo 2 just got remade uh, for consoles and PC. And I have never played a Diablo game and for me being a fan of video games that's kind of embarrassing to say but uh you know I may have to look at this remake of that and give it a try but but people are always talking about how the Diablo games have a lot of leveling up a lot of slow leveling up and it's a process to kind of get your characters to where you want them to be so how can we incorporate those kind of things? Maybe not so much of a grind, but how can we do the leveling up in the classroom? 
So the first time that I had tried this was when I ha- I teach graphic design. And a, way, a while back ago, one of the Nebraska state standards for digital design was something along the line of like learning digital tools, you know, in a, in a career field, something like that. That's that's not word for word what it was, but ultimately like learning Photoshop and Illustrator. So what I did was I kind of went through each of those elements, you know, and then I found a skill from Adobe Photoshop and made a list of them and then gave it to the students on the first day of class and said, in order for you to be proficient, you have to show me X amount of these skills. You need to demonstrate them to me. Um, In order to get advanced, you need to do this many skills. And you can only show one skill per day. So you can't just at the last minute try to rush through and and do it without practice. So that way was kind of more of a journey along the term, I guess. So as students would do those, and I would mark them and say, you know, okay, each one was worth a point. And then we had a badge system. And so they were working to become the ultimate Photoshop ninja. So when they turned in... X amount of skills, you know, they they started off with like the Hong Kong Fui badge. And so I made little digital badges and and sent it to them in the email and they could print them off or a lot of them put them as their backgrounds for their wallpapers for their computers they're working at. And we just made it kind of a fun way to, you know, kind of bragging rights of, of how many skills you've demonstrated. And after that, you could work towards like the Michelangelo Ninja Turtle badge. And then you'd work all your way through, you know, Steven Seagal badge. We had a Chuck Norris badge. Ultimately, the students, you know, they they worked through it all. And then they always want hidden achievements. So I we ended up making, a for one year, a Yoda badge. Like for the ultimate, if you go way above and beyond and show everything possible on the list, you know, then you were a Yoda. Yoda's not really a ninja, you know, but it it worked. They were excited about it. So that was kind of a fun little thing we did in class. And then eventually that standard went away. And so other ones came in. So we kind of stopped doing that. Maybe someday I'll bring it back. We'll have to see. Uh, but then, as I've kind of learned more about ways to to improve this, my programming one class is where I've really started to focus on gamification. And, you know, we're going to talk about gamification in multiple of these podcast episodes, you know, of different elements, but this is just the XP one. So for programming one, we start off at the beginning, like when we're learning, you know, just the basics of, you know, how to binary code, you know, and then we learn a little binary code activity with a grid where you shade in squares and make designs. And then uh, we do a little avatar where each person creates their own like gamer pick or their own avatar, however they want to. And then uh, they use their gamer tag for their character's name for that class. And then we hang those up 
in our workstations in the classroom. After that, uh, we have like summative assessments and formative assessments, you know, and summative assessments are like the big ones. Those are the ones that are over the standard. So we have one summative assessment per state standard that we have to do. So that way, when students are done with the class, you know, according to you can tell by your grade if if you know what the state wants you to know in regards to computer science and programming. So without getting too much into that, <clears throat> we have like as as many people who teach, you know, when you do this, people aren't always good at turning in their practice work or they're not good at turning in their regular homework. And you know, as a teacher, that those things are important to us. Those are the formative assessments because that's where we're learning as we go. So in a weird way, I stopped putting a letter grade on any formative assessment for Programming 1. We, we give them feedback. They know exactly what they got wrong and what they got right. But, but there is no impact to the grade whatsoever. Um, what they do get is each one is worth one XP. And so I just started putting this on uh, their sheets. You know, if they go through and they did it complete and they demonstrated their proficiency and were able to do it, they get one XP. And then we turn those in. And so each day we go through and we look at that. And also in the workstation, it, it tells you what level, what overall level the student is. So if they've turned in like 5 XP, for example, you know, they went from level 1 to level, or level 0 to level 1. They're a level 1 coder. Sometimes I'll put little names at the end. And I'll say, oh, congratulations, we have a level 1 coding mage. We have a level 1 coding knight, you know, just to, to kind of be silly about it. But, you know, 5 points are the ones that, that get you to level 1. And then after that, it's 10 points, gets you to level 2. And then we start increasing it. So then it's like level 20 points for level 3. So it, it kind of gets a little more um, of the grind, so to speak, to, to level up to those higher levels. But it allows uh, students to see how many XP they have. And I think in their mind, it, it helps more accurately represent their skill working towards the standard we're doing you know if they're only a level one and that happens in a in a role-playing game or something you're level one and you're going to a boss too early there's no way you're going to defeat that boss because you don't you don't have the necessary skills for it if you take the time and you do the practice work and you demonstrate those things and then you can build your way up then then you know you're ready for that boss because you have the necessary skills. So that's something we've been doing in Programming 1 where we've really built it through and uh, emphasizing our work, how many XP it's worth, and then them being able to, students being able to see that correlation between, yeah, I got all these done. I did very good on this assessment. You know, I didn't do... Or on the other hand, I didn't do any of these. I did very poorly. I didn't know what to do on the assessment, but that's because I haven't turned in these things and, and done the practice. So I think gamification 
in education, when you can find ways to incorporate games students are playing and to tie it into your lesson um, in just those simple elements, like an XP point or a simple badge, it's something that can kind of bring up that engagement with your students a little bit. This also extends into real life. Uh, you see those online workouts. They're like thematic workouts where you're trying to learn how to be a ninja, you know, and then it, it goes through and, and it has these list of exercises you do Monday through Friday. And then the next week it, it increases a little bit and then it shows you how you would, you know, have those skills to do that. Um, some of the golf watches, the Garmin golf watches out there, where you go through and play and then you enter your score on your watch and then it's showing you, you know, little kind of game elements of what you've been doing and how your game has improved and what you need to work on and you can kind of keep track of it. So gamification obviously works really good in schools, but there's a way, there's ways where we can even incorporate it into our own personal lives uh, to kind of help us reach our own professional and personal goals with gamification. So that's all I really got today. Um, I'm going to post some thoughts about this on Twitter, at Code Peterson, and uh, see what people's thoughts are. Uh, not too long ago, we had posted some thoughts from 3D printing, and we had a challenge thrown out. And, uh, you know, we've been putting some videos on there. So something to kind of to uh, keep in mind if you ever, you know, have thoughts you want to put out there. We'll find ways to kind of keep the listeners and followers engaged with this and, and have a fun time with it. So thanks for listening, and I hope you all have an awesome week. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review if you like what you heard. For other content, you can follow me on Twitter at Code Peterson.